0: Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique, and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today.
1: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is The Art of Being Well. What's up and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor I get to consult people around the world via telehealth and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and the newest book, Gut Feelings. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, we actually have brand new telehealth patient options now open and lots of free resources there for you as well. You could check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D R W I L L C O L E. And listeners, we're giving away free signed books. What the heck? Every single month, no matter when you listen to this episode, all you have to do for a chance to win is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well there. Tell us what you love about the show. You could leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself, or you could take a screenshot and message me with that screenshot of the review on Instagram, at Dr. Will Cole. and every single month, my team and I will be going through the messages on Instagram, as well as the Apple podcast reviews themselves, and randomly picking winners from both places every single month, and then I'll reach out to you, I'll ask which book you want me to sign, and then we will send it out to you. All right, let's get to today's guest. He is a good friend of mine, amazing human being. He's been on the pod before. We're going to get even deeper in today's conversation. His name is Sean Stevenson. Sean is the author of the USA Today bestseller, Eat Smarter, and the internationally bestselling book, Sleep Smarter. He's also the creator of the Model Health Show podcast, which I've been lucky enough to be on a few times, featured as the number one health podcast in the United States with millions and millions of listener downloads each month, a graduate of the University of Missouri, St. Louis. Sean studied business, biology, and nutritional science and became the co-founder of an advanced integrative health alliance. Sean has been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, The New York Times, Muscle and Fitness, ABC News, ESPN, and many other major media outlets. He's also one of the smartest people that I know. And that's saying something because I know a lot of smart, <laughs> smart people. Sean's definitely top of the list. Let's get right to it. This is Sean Stevenson's Art of Being Well. Sean freaking Stevenson. Thanks for coming on the podcast, my friend. Any and every time I get to talk to you, I'm down. It's my honor, Thanks. man. Thanks, buddy. So I feel like anytime any one of my friends moves from, I, I'm in Pennsylvania. I feel like P- Pittsburgh's more Midwest than East Coast. And whenever somebody when leaves the Midwest, and goes to LA, I feel like I lost one of my friends, but <laughs> went to the other side. How, how's LA living?
0: I mean, I, I moved here at the end of 2019. So it's been yeah. weird to say the <laughs> least. I am yes. grateful that there is a lot more sunlight, you know, being, being from Missouri, we get the extremes of everything. So yeah. fall is beautiful, spring, awesome. Summer, it's different in missouri you know it's like you can't hide from the heat you think you can go in the shade it's going to follow you and it's going to smother you you know and the winters are pretty intense as well but being here with you know i've really realized practically how much the environment impacts your mood you know and so to be able to create what we created in missouri you know creating a top health podcast in the country under unideal circumstances and i'm talking about an unhealthy environment, you know, as you know, this being in the heartland, we tend to have bad hearts, you know, high rates of heart disease and diabetes and obesity, which was of course just we were riddled with that in my family. And, you know, to accomplish that in those conditions is very, very special. And you it know, is. so part of the reason, by the way, that I came out to the West Coast was I'd spend so much time out here, you know, speaking at events and you know, mm-hmm. I'd pop into town and do a bunch of shows. Mm -hmm. and my wife and i i got into this place where i always started to bring at least one family member with me probably about the last seven years um, because sometimes i would travel and i come back it's just like my kid is like an inch taller you know if i've been gone a week and um you know so we would come out here together my wife and i and we'd just be like what if we lived out here you know we and we Mm -hmm. here's another thing too i gotta share this we we would always go to the beach when we would take a trip here And I'm just like, people that live here, why don't they come here all the time? But now that I live here, I can count on my hands how many times we've gone in the last couple of years. Because it's the thing, man, The LA traffic is, it's not a fantasy. It's not a myth. It is real. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I used to love out there. My wife, I don't know if I told you this, but my wife is like a fourth generation Los Angelino. She is. Like born and bred in Los Angeles, and now I have her in the middle of the country in the woods in Pennsylvania. And I think I told you and I talked once about like there's nothing like like where we live in the area of the country live of thunderstorms. You probably don't get those anymore. They're one of my favorite like summer spring thunderstorms, right? Summer rain, man. There's songs about it. There's songs, <laughs> there's about, songs it. about it, <laughs> man. Anyways, we can we we don't have to talk about geography anymore. This book. But first of all, it has your sexy face on the cover. It has your beautiful family. Who, they're just like so awesome. What, what was the genesis of the bo- this book? Why
0: this book? Why now? Man, thank you so much for asking that. And it's even part of the reason that I mentioned earlier, you know, just being able to bring my family along with me and to expose them to these different environments. For me personally, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up in the inner city. I didn't even get on an airplane until I was 25. And that's when I had met my wife and then she was then my girlfriend. And she was like, you haven't been anywhere. She was like, we're going, you know, and we just, you know, she helped me to book a flight. I didn't know any of the stuff, you know, and just to get out of that environment. And the thing was, it wasn't that I necessarily wanted to go somewhere. It's just what I was acclimated to. And growing up, you know, in the inner city and living in poverty in the United States. And I always preface that because poverty in the United States is different from poverty in other places. like poverty in the United States. We still had a TV, you know, my mom would have a car from time to time. We did take public transportation a lot, but, and this is a true story. She would get cars from a place called okay. Junk cars. All right. Well, I'm not exaggerating. That's the name of the place. They were on wow. brand. All they right? were, they were really were shooting for the stars. There. That's what I'm saying. She was, they, they were like, Hey, set your bar low. And we promise <laughs> we're going to hit it, you know? And so being in that environment, you know, we're, This is what we call today a glorified food desert. And Mm -hmm. I don't even like that term necessarily because even the, the images of a desert has some kind of beauty tied to it. Like this is, it's not beautiful. It is very toxic and we're inundated with ultra processed food. And in my case, being that we were, you know, living in poverty, we would get food from charities. There's this place called the Hosea House that we get food from, which I'm grateful for. And, you know, government assistance, as well. And, you know, my mother, she was working hard to try to, you know, just make it out of this or just to survive, which a lot of people don't realize, you know, she, she was working very hard. She worked overnight at a uh, convenience store for a time period. And being in that in, in a volatile environment, she ended up getting attacked one day. She got, she was stabbed multiple mm-hmm. times with someone trying to rob the convenience store. And my mom is different though. Like she's very, very different. She's tough, like different kind of tough. And she actually restrained the guy and the police arrested him and the whole thing, but she was stabbed eight times. Mm. And when she went into for her physician, and this is really going to speak to you and your knowledge base and the physician, you know, st- stitch her, stitch her up, put her through the different procedures to kind of patch her up. And he told her, if you weren't a heavy set, if you weren't a heavy set woman, you would have died. You being overweight saved your life. Do you think she would ever want to let go of her protection? Right. So there's kind of that like nocebo effect taking place there. But, you know, also just a kind of long story short, trying to find a way to make it out of this environment or survive in this environment. The data is so shocking now. And we Mm -hmm. know this when we're living in these conditions, you know, kind of, again, surrounded by ultra processed foods, living in a glorified food desert and living in poverty, When we have a poor state of health, it's harder to get out of poverty. And we've got sound data on this. So it just kind of feeds into itself because Mm -hmm. the environment is making you sick and it's keeping you sick. And -hmm. our ability to try to kind of make it out and to get out of poverty, we we become restrained. And so my -hmm. point is to kind of transition into like why this book right now is it's, I'm not alone in this, you know? Yes, I kind of grew up in the extreme, but so many different Families in America, and this is according to the CDC right now, this was published just last year 60% of American adults now have at least one chronic disease, 40% have two or more. And there mm-hmm. are skyrocketing rates of chronic diseases in our children. It is not mm-hmm. normal. There was a study published uh, about 10 years ago in the New England Journal of Medicine called 200 Years in, of Diabetes. And diabetes was consistent, consistently low for a century plus. And then in the last 40 years in that study, it quadrupled in our population, like it exploded and it's been happening in younger and younger populations. And so my mission with this book is to help people to create a healthy microculture in their own household Mm. for themselves and for their children, because the larger macro or larger culture scape is, is unwell right now. Mm -hmm. The majority of our citizens are not well. So if you are healthy, you're no longer normal. That's, the state that we're in currently. And so mm-hmm. for years, and I know you've done this as well in practice, we would target behavior change for the people that we're working with, you know, do this thing to get this results. It's backed by science, do this thing, get this result. Here's the rub. Yes, it is well-intentioned. It is ethical. It's even right. But when we give somebody that behavior change and then send them into a culture that is fighting them to not make that behavior change, as a matter of fact, it's encouraging them. It's, It is seducing them into doing the opposite. makes it almost impossible to make that change without a mighty, mighty, mighty will. And we all have a modicum of willpower, but we even know this today, you know, there's decision fatigue and just, it's so draining to try to keep making a healthy decision when you're not well. And so the last Mm -hmm. part here is what if we could target the culture? And this is what I started doing at, at, towards the end of when I was doing clinical work and then really focused on that and when you know, began writing books and getting out and teaching in a bigger way. Instead of me talking to somebody who's coming into my office to make these behavior changes, I started talking to the whole family. I started being invited in to talk to their employees, you know, like literally like yeah. even big major banks and things like that. And I'd be kind of sneaking in under the door kind of into these organizations and creating cultural shifts. And when I when I started to do that, that's when I saw sustainable change happen. That's mm-hmm. when I saw community and I saw coworkers and I saw team members starting to work together for a common goal, you know, Mm -hmm. and some of these organizations like losing collectively like, you know, 5,000 pounds or whatever the case might be, you know, and so that's really the secret that shouldn't be a secret. We are hardwired to work together and we're also a product of our environment, whether we understand it or not. But what's cool about humans is that we're not just products of our environment, we're also creators of our environment and we can proactively create a culture or an environment where healthy choices are easy. We can make it so that healthy choices for our fitness, for our sleep quality, it's just automatic. Mm-hmm. And So that's why I decided to like really put this together. And this is my, this is my deepest passion project. I didn't know it at the time, but mm-hmm. my greatest loves in this life are my family. And I'm deeply passionate about food. Being a nutritionist, like it was my bridge into this world and into my own wellness. And to blend those together in a graceful way, science, social science, nutritional science and delicious food, like it's, it's something really special.
1: Yeah, man, I didn't know. I didn't know that that was the, I know you and I've been lucky enough. The times I've been on your podcast, been around your family, recorded in your house before I can see that they're your loves just in the times I've, I've been with you. But this micro culture, creating a micro culture, and I'll tell you real fast, 13 plus years consulting patients here at the Telecenter we highly encourage and explain every new patient have your partner have your family members even if it's if you're not married bring whoever you do life with Have them on the console, even for part of it, even if you don't want to talk about the really personal stuff, even though we encourage that as well, but whatever they're comfortable with, because you're what exactly the purpose of this book is something that I see these unintentional saboteurs and not everybody has that mighty, mighty will right out of the gate when they feel like crap. So to set them up for success, that's what you're teaching us in this book. Optimizing health is obviously, with my job, one of my top priorities. It's something that I consider a sacred responsibility, and honestly, it's a privilege. It's a privilege that we all have, and that includes taking supplements and nutrients that my body may be lacking and avoiding heavy metals, pesticides, harsh chemicals that are so often hidden in the food and products we consume. That's why I'm such a fan of brands like Puri. Purie's products are freaking amazing. They have amazing fish oil supplement that I have all the time. And they also have this whey protein powder that I've been trying. I love it, it's so good. I've been enjoying Puri's PW1 protein powder in my smoothies. Their bourbon vanilla flavor is so good. You have to try this. I mean, bourbon vanilla. And the ingredients are amazing. I love that Puri's protein powder is made of simple, whole ingredients, no artificial flavors or fillers. And honestly, one of the most overlooked aspects when it comes to nutrition, when I look at telehealth patients, when they're struggling with maybe not building enough muscle or fatigue, brain fog, if they're struggling with blood sugar, highs and lows, is they're not optimizing complete protein. And this is something that's an easy, delicious way to make sure you're getting enough protein Each and every day, Puri stands apart from other supplement brands. They believe in full transparency with all of their products, including the O3 Ultra Pure Fish Oil and also the PW1 Whey Protein. Every batch is third party tested by the Clean Label Project against more than 200 contaminants. Put your health first with Puri. This is a supplement brand you can trust. Right now, Puri is offering my listeners this amazing deal. 20% 20% off site-wide. Go to my special URL, puri.com slash and use my promo code Will This even applies to the already discounted subscriptions. You'll get almost a third off the price. Go to p slash Will Don't wait. Use promo code Will Cole at puri.com slash Will Cole. I say this repeatedly, but if there's a sponsor on this podcast, it's because I use it personally. I recommend it to telehealth patients or both. And this is definitely a both. It is something that I use without fail every single day. And it's something that I've seen be such a game changer for telehealth patients. They're struggling with brain fog, fatigue, migraines, muscle cramps, sleep issues. This is so easy if you just do this and and if you're consistent with this is making sure you're optimizing your electrolytes. Electrolytes are essential for hundreds of different pathways in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. And what I recommend is Element. Element can help prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, and other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiencies. Element contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio that I've seen work really well for telehealth patients and myself. 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium, but none of the junk that's in so many other electrolyte drinks and products out there. So no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets completely free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Well, you know, you don't want to call them out, but I think we all have at least one salty friend. Maybe some of us more than one. Get yours at drinkelement.com slash This deal is only available through this link, so you have to go to dot com slash Will Cole. Drinkelement.com slash Will I'd like to back up a little bit about the food deserts. You defined it. We've talked, you and I have talked about this before. I live in the poorest part of Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania. There's urban and rural food deserts, same, you know, where you're from. What, I guess, can you define that briefly? Like what that, what the, you've touched on it, but I'd like to define that for people that are unaware of that term. Absolutely. You know, I've been on a mission to really clarify
0: what this means and clarify what ultra processed foods are. And yeah. many of my friends and colleagues have been making this clarification now, too, because we have this natural proclivity, of course, to argue against logic if we're comfortable doing a certain thing. So we want to highlight the fact that humans have been processing food forever, like forever. When you cook a food, it's processing that food, you know, whether it's cooking a uh, Sweet potato, you know, baking a sweet potato, cooking a steak, whatever the case might be. We're altering the chemical structure of that food. And in some ways, cooking in some forms is making more bioavailability of certain nutrients. And there is a large body of science indicating how even the advent of cooking really helped us to to develop this very evolved prefrontal cortex that makes us human. So that's cool and all, but that's a process. And we've got to understand that that is processing and that's okay. Mm Taking olives and crushing the oil out. That's a process. Tomatoes, Mm -hmm. crushing it, cooking it, spicing it up, tomato sauce, process. But those are minimally processed. You could still identify where it came from, all right? Mm -hmm. The difference when we're talking about ultra processed foods, this is when you see a field of corn and somehow it becomes a bowl of Lucky Charms. You see a field Mm -hmm. of corn and somehow it becomes a a bag of Funyuns. or it becomes a sweetener used for your favorite soda. Like it is so disconnected from anything real and natural. Number one, not to mention all the synthetic ingredients, the preservatives, additives, artificial colors and flavors, the list goes on and on. And not to mention all the chemicals used in the growing process. Now we're eating something that is no longer food. It is so far removed from anything our genes have ever interacted with in hundreds of thousands of years in this kind of current form. Mm -hmm. And we know now, and this is, again, this isn't just hearsay. This isn't guessing. We know it's bad, but we've got the data now. This was published in JAMA in 2018. They did this huge meta-analysis. JAMA is a journal of the American Medical Association. They, They determined, based on the data, that poor diet is the number one killer in the United States. It's the number one causative agent of our epidemics of chronic diseases, heart disease, Diabetes, obesity, Alzheimer's—the list goes on and on. These are largely diet-related, and to stress this out globally, because this isn't this isn't uniquely an American issue anymore. Mm-hmm. This was published in the Lancet, again another top-tier peer-reviewed journal, and they actually looked at the data from over 150 countries, and they determined that 11 million people die globally from poor diet. We've shifted just in the last couple of decades to a place where more people are dying from the consumption of food than not being able to eat enough. Hmm. Because here in particular, we'll just talk about here in Los Angeles. Right now, the, oh, let me not not say right now because we had a big jump in the last couple of years in our rate of obesity, but prior to the pandemic, we were at about 42.5% of US citizens being clinically obese. All right, so once the numbers come out, which they've been lagging to put these new numbers out. By the way, obesity and overweight, that's, that was up near 72%, 72 to 75%. So now here's the crazy thing. That rate of obesity being, we'll just say around 40%. The homeless population's rate of obesity is on par with the general population in Los Angeles. is 38% obesity rate in the most recent numbers. How is that even possible? When we're in abject poverty, When we don't even have money, we could still find a way to be obese. That's what we're talking about with the advent of these ultra-processed foods. They're very, very cheap. They're Mm -hmm. highly accessible. They're designed by food scientists to be addictive and to be incredibly delicious, again. And we can talk about how that works, which is really fascinating. And Mm -hmm. most importantly, the side effects. We're not given informed consent on what that food or food-like product, because it's not food. It is not, there's nothing about it that's real. Mm-hmm. We're not given informed consent on what that's going to do to our biology. And so yes. that's the distinction. We're talking about a food desert and the environment that I lived in when I was in my university. I was the first person in my family to go to a university, let alone graduate. And I'm surrounded, I'm lig- living in Ferguson, every fast food that you can name, which there should be zoning laws and different things that prevent this kind of thing from happening, but it's totally fine. And where I grew up. It's all within like a two two mile radius of my apartment complex, not to mention all the liquor stores, not to mention all the check cash and places that's t- taking advantage of people, but list goes on and on. so it's just like, we stay stuck in this and we'll, I'm not exaggerating. There were, there's no gym. There was no gym in Ferguson. There's no, I didn't know that yoga was a thing that didn't exist to me. Like there's <laughs> nothing about that. There, there was a park in true story. You can. If you go at the wrong time, you can die. You can get shot, all right? And it's not that, again, people that aren't from where I'm from, we might just hear like, this is a sounds like a bad place to be. But within these environments, there's also so much beauty. And there's this really remarkable capacity of creativity. And we see that from a lot of people that quote, make it out of the hood. And then they're Mm -hmm. demonstrating this beauty or this art or this physical expression Mm -hmm. of creativity. But it's like, it's, it's because our lack of resources makes us very resourceful, right? Mm-hmm. And so these are some of the capacities that I was developing in that environment, being able to literally make something out of nothing to survive. But what if we pointed that creativity at something more more beneficial, something more, mm-hmm. ah, something more powerful and empowering? Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I was able to do that once I was able to become aware. And the last part here is being in this environment I was not aware that there was a difference with ultra-processed food and real food. I didn't Mm -hmm. know. It was just stuff you eat. That's the thing. Awareness is the first domino. I didn't know. My family didn't know. My peers, my community does not know. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing today because I'm Mm -hmm. gonna make sure that when I leave this planet, the people in the communities that I come from are aware of what's been happening to them, the the manipulation, Mm -hmm. and they're going to be able to not just be aware of what has been seducing them and taking advantage of our health and damaging our citizens, but they're mm-hmm. gonna know the the fast track to transforming yeah. their health. Because yeah. the crazy thing at the end of the day is that, and you know this, the steps to get there are really easy. They're really, really simple, very, very simple. Yeah. But it's the barriers, it's the psychological barriers that block us from from doing those yeah. things. And so yeah. one of those bridges and I'm going to toss this back to you. One of those bridges. And I, I got to see this working as a nutritionist, teaching food classes and just being a foodie, you know, growing up in a family, my, my stepfather was a chef, you know, being a foodie. One of those most remarkable bridges is delicious food. Being mm-hmm. able to provide, give people a pleasurable experience that's at or beyond anything they've experienced from that ultra process garbage. So they, mm-hmm. they have that that flavor experience, but also they feel good in the process because, yeah. because food isn't just food, it's information. And so yeah. that's why I put this project together again. It's like, again, social science, nutritional science, plus delicious food and something really special is going to manifest from that.
1: Mm, so that's just great. One of the top things that we see at the telehealth center are people struggling with hair loss. And we're running labs and we're looking at the underlying drivers of why they have that hair loss in the first place. Well, one of the things that we recommend and put into patient protocols, in addition to supporting their hair health from the inside out, is also supporting their hair health and their scalp health from the outside in. And a product that I recommend in this category is Vegamore. Vegamore is a great way to see visibly thicker, fuller, shinier, longer hair without the harsh ingredients. Every pink bottle of Vegamore products are 100% cruelty-free and are never formulated with potentially harmful chemicals like parabens or hormones. What's even better is Vegamore's value kits like the Grow Essentials Kit, they spell it G-R-O, the Grow Essentials Kit, where you get to try more than one amazing product at a great savings. When you sign up for a monthly subscription, you save more and you never run low on the products you need to take great care of your hair. The key is consistency in your routine for your most beautiful, healthy looking hair. I recommend using Vegamore's Grow Hair Serum daily and your hair and your scalp are gonna be flourishing. Fun fact, Vegamore sells one bottle of Grow Serum every 15 seconds on their website. That's how great this stuff is. Give your hair the power of the little pink bottle with Vegamore. For a limited time, listeners get 20 percent off their first order by going to Vegamore dot slash will cole and use code will at checkout. That's V E G A M O U R dot com slash will cole. Code Will Cole to save 20% off your first order. V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R dot com slash WILLCOL and use code Will Cole. If you're a long time listener, you probably know I've been drinking AG1 for years. It's something that I've had. I can't even count how many years. I mean, it's been years. And also I recommend it to telehealth patients as well. When I started drinking AG1 daily, I noticed such a difference in my energy and in my immune system as well. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, your gut health, your stress management. It has adaptogens in it and functional mushrooms in it and immune support. So many micronutrients that are essential for your immune system. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining the formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. I recommend AG1 to all my family and friends and my telehealth patients because it is tested for 950 contaminants and it's NSF certified for sport. It is formulated based on the latest science and maintains high quality standards. Think of AG1 like this. I think of it like a multivitamin, a multimineral, a greens superfood, a probiotic blend, an adaptogenic blend, a functional mushroom blend, all in one. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why they've been a partner for so long. Honestly, they were, they've been a sponsor on the podcast since day one. And it's because I use it daily and I recommend it to patients. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2, which honestly almost everybody is deficient in. You're going to get a year supply of that. And also five free AG1 travel packs, which I do not leave home without. Whenever I'm traveling for work, I'm taking these with me. You can get both five free travel packs as well as a vitamin D3 K2, with your first purchase. So go to drinkag1.com slash That's drink AG and then the number one, that drinkag1.com slash Check it out. You mentioned the study or the studies that we know of and talk about social sciences and its connection to health is when people are sick, unwell, not feeling good, fatigued, anxious, depressed, inflamed, they are more likely to be stuck in that vicious cycle of not getting their head above water and overcoming that poverty. Or I see so many people kept back from the lives they, they could have or the potential they have because of this vicious cycle. And maybe they're not in extreme situations of food desert and extreme poverty. Maybe they are. But if you just look at the larger spectrum of dysfunctional, like you said the statistics speak for themselves, how many Americans, no matter where you're from, even people of great wealth are struggling with these chronic health problems. Can you talk about this, the, the science that we know so far right now of what that means, like how our health can keep us back from being more successful, you know, and, and be you know achieving the things we want to achieve? Absolutely, and thank you for asking this, man. You know, I had a question which
0: should seem like an obvious question, but I don't think a lot of us ask this question, and it was how is it that I can go to Jack in the Box and get two tacos for 99 cents, but this avocado costs $3. Like this falls off a tree, literally. I'm looking (laughs) outside my window, now that I live in California, right there in front of my neighbor's house is an avocado tree. And it literally, I can walk by and they're on the ground. All right, it's crazy. This Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up with this, right? There's oranges all just rolling down the street. It's crazy. (laughs) And yet something that is so cost intensive to make, right? the, it, we just use example of McDonald's, you know, I used to get like two for 99 cent double cheeseburgers, like on a special. And we're talking about the, the quote meat, I'm going to put that in quotes, you know, the, the dairy products, the condiments, the bread products, all the, you know, different produce that might go on there, the packaging, the marketing, the list goes, it is so much money to create that product why is that cheaper than a real food? And the answer is because of government subsidies, all right? And what I mean by this, this might've started off as something well-intentioned to feed Americans, but as with so many things, these manufacturers, you know, these mega companies take advantage of when the government's giving out money. When I say the government, I mean us, we're paying, it's coming from our tax dollars. And so I shared this particular study and by the way, most of what we're covering today is in the Eat Smarter Family Cookbook. There's over 250 scientific
1: references in a cookbook, which is just <laughs> The first time I think that's ever been do- <laughs> no, It's never been done. This is a first for sure. But, but I wouldn't expect anything less from you. Of course, this is how you would do a cookbook. That's sure. right. That's how we roll. And of course, it's like articulated in a fun way,
0: in a beautiful way and just empowering. And so these researchers were looking at, okay, the people eating the most government subsidized foods, what what does their health look like? And so what they found, number one, almost $200 billion was doled out for farmers growing, well, not it's not farmers, it's these mega corporations and their kind of outsourced farmers who are growing crops that are largely showing up through the drive-through window, all right? So the grains, corn, soy, even when we go to our grocery store, it looks like all this variety, but most of that food is made from the same stuff. Just different versions of wheat added with different colors and flavors. Same thing with corn, same thing with soy. It's just like it looks like this circus, but it's really from the same stuff. And so almost $200 billion were doled out to companies that are growing those foods, that are showing up drive through window, ultra processed foods. And so this was published in JAMA as well, the Journal of the American Medical Association. They found that the people who were consuming the highest ratio of government subsidized foods had over 30%. Greater incidence of developing obesity, insulin resistance, all the things that you would think. We well, got the data on it. Our government is literally feeding the problem. Literally, mm-hmm. our money, our tax dollars, when we're paying our taxes, it is literally going into feeding Americans poison, things that are killing us. It's like this very twisted system. And so that's really kind of the the, the current state of affairs. And what we're what we're dealing with right now. But the last little part here is how is this kind of handcuffing us from being able to achieve more? And I'm gonna share this from personal experience and also again, based on the science, but this is very practical and obvious what I'm gonna share. When I was struggling with my health and we've talked about this before, but I was 20 years old and I was an aspiring athlete. Like I was elite and I was at track practice when I was 15 and just doing a time trial, 200 meter sprint my hip broke. I broke my bone and my hip from running because my mm-hmm. bone density was so low. And fast forward five years, I finally get diagnosed with an arthritic condition of my spine and my bones. All right. I'm a kid, 20 years old, yeah. advanced mm-hmm. degenerative disc disease. And here's the thing when I'm 20 and I get that MRI and my L4 and L5 S1 disc are like black, you can't see any light shining through them because they're so degenerated. Mm-hmm. Nobody's asking, like, how did this kid end up with this condition? And we're seeing it now at 20. That is years in the making, years in the making. When we see the outcome or an outer manifestation of an incident, right, of a disease diagnosis, it's years, sometimes decades in the making. And so I've I've been sick for so long. And because upwards of about 90% of my diet was ultra processed foods, Will, like I'm not exaggerating. And this is not that abnormal because- with this book, this is the first published work and I'm proud of this, but also this is a call to arms. Research, we're looking at the ultra processed food consumption of our citizens and our children. Mm -hmm. So the study published in the BMJ has been circulating for some time now, which is, they affirm that 60% of the average adult's diet in the United States is ultra processed foods. But this study that I'm citing in the, the new book for the first time was published in JAMA and they looked at U.S. food consumption by our children and they looked at it from 1999, they found that the average child in the United States, and this was children from two to 19, so children and adolescents, the average child's diet was 61% ultra processed food in 1999. By 2018, it was almost 70% of our mm. children's diet. Almost 70% of their diet is fake food, all right? And so 70%, now I'm saying 90%, there's gonna be people on extremes. I'm not exaggerating in the slightest. You know, when I was living in Ferguson, I was on the drive through diet. That was my diet, it was cheap. And if I happen to not have like $2 to go get some Jack in the box tacos, I've got a family can of generic SpaghettiOs or like a box of macaroni and cheese or something like, I'm literally eating fake food every day, all day. And one, then wondering why I'm manifesting this disease. I'm not providing my cells with the raw materials to literally make me, let alone to help to ensure healthy cognitive function. Mm -hmm. All right. So my brain was starving. My brain was dying. And again, even if we're experiencing a state of poor health, yes, we can accomplish great things. We can have great ideas. The follow through might not be there. The energy to be able to see a thing through the ability to, you know, build something and to sustain it is going to be fractured because it's just so freaking hard. It's Mm -hmm. so hard. And last point here, I want to share this quick study. This was done looking at, and I love this because it's a ward study. Like the people can't get out and go somewhere, but the conditions are pretty messed up. And this was done on young prison inmates, all right? And this was published in the journal, Aggressive Behavior. And so I came across this and I was just wondering, even in my environment, like the ability to have more positive emotions, to have compassion and empathy and patience and forethought Right. So if I take this action, this outcome happens. Like I was kicked out of school in high school my entire junior year. I graduated in three years of high school because I had to. My entire junior year, I was kicked out for a fight. I was fighting. Like that's how we solved our problems. It was a very volatile, violent environment. Even if I didn't want to, I never wanted to fight anybody ever, but it's just the atmosphere that you're in. And so they looked at these inmates' diet and they decided, you know what, we're going to do a randomized placebo-controlled study and give a group of these prison inmates improved nutrition. Now, this is just general stuff, like in the form of kind of, you know, supplementation, some fish oil, that kind of stuff, and track their behavior for about three months. At the end of the study, they found that the prisons that received the additional nutrition, the improved nutrition, had about a 20% reduction in violent offenses and about a, Upwards of a forty to fifty percent reduction in overall behavioral offenses. All right, that those numbers were so high, no other program had matched. All these different interventions and counseling wasn't even close. All right, mm. improving people's nutrition changed their character. It mm. changed their attitude. It improved their cognitive function. It improved their ability to have forethought. And what really what it's doing is it's nourishing. For our prefrontal cortex, right? A part of our brain responsible for social control, for decision making, for distinguishing between right and wrong. And again, Mm -hmm. even for, again, forethought, being able to, like, even with positive choices, like, if I take this positive choice, I get this outcome. We struggle to do that when our brains are malnourished. Yeah. So that's kind of how the conditions lead to those outcomes where it makes it so difficult to get out of it.
1: Yeah. Thank you for explaining that and breaking it down for people. I saw that study. When it came out of the journal Aggressive Behavior, so I mean, my mind goes to—I'd love to get your thoughts on this—and we've talked offline about similar things. But you think about okay, this is not fringe data. I mean, you're you're sharing with us what's in mainstream journals. I mean, one of them, the Journal of the American Medo- Medical Association. We talk about government subsidies. We everybody knows we what's happening is the state is got, is feeding chronic health problems, which increases violence increases disease, increases poverty, and perpetuates this from a generational cycle standpoint. One has to think, I mean, we're just two simple guys. Maybe we don't have all the answers, but it's almost like they want that system to be perpetuated. Mm. Is that conspiratorial of me to think that? I mean, I'm a big
0: fan of just looking at the results. All right. There's a lot of money to be made in the factory farming of humans and the factory farming of sick people you know, and of course the industrial prison complex as well. It's like a, it's a big system for resources. And, you know, there, there are so many billionaires from that system and not to say that we can't have a way for social offenders, people who've done terrible things to be rehabilitated. I've lost many people in my life. Again, coming from where I come from, I've lost people to gun violence, I've lost people to, you know, drugs and alcohol. My stepfather actually just passed away uh, mm. about three months ago and he was right. in an assistant living home for about 15 years because of crack cocaine. And we grew, I grew up in the crack epidemic, you know, in the environment that I was in. And we had like a, we lived in a two family flat and there's a, like a little walkway. And then the next door over is where crack is being cooked and sold from. And mm. so Seeing this firsthand and also like the, in the environment, who are my role models, right? What can, what are, what's going to be my aspirations? We really desire what we're exposed to. We crave, we even, our cravings are cultural, you know? And so for all of us to really understand that we have so much power again to influence this micro environment and to begin to nourish ourselves differently, it's so powerful because we can instantly, I I, I got to share this as well. I said this earlier that food isn't just food, it's information. And we've got these bustling fields of like nutrigenetics and nutrigenomics. We know that our food literally alters our gene expression. Mm -hmm. And basically, you know, when I was in my university biology class, he was taught that kind of tenant DNA to RNA to protein, DNA to RNA to protein. But what are the raw materials we're giving our bodies to make those proteins? And also how are our genes getting read? Which genes, which gene expression? Because- According to cell biologist, Bruce Lipton, I'm grateful to say is a friend of mine. And he's really the person who really impressed upon culture epigenetics. Like he really popularized the Mm -hmm. term and the understanding. And he shared with me early on, it took took me time to even wrap my head around this because I was taught that genes are controlling who you are. And he shared with me that one gene has like 3,000 different potential proteins that can be printed out essentially from one gene. That's how we have so much diversity. That's Mm -hmm. how we have so much uh, variety in human expression, right? Because when the Human Genome Project was done, because truth, this is a real story, there are bananas that have more genes than us. And so the research was like, oh, we're gonna find millions of genes And No, it was like 20,000, 25,000. But what makes us so remarkable is our ability, these epigenetic influencers, Mm -hmm. and our ability to interact with that, but also, Bruce would always take me back to this. Whenever I would talk about you know, a gene related to some disease, he'd be like, no, 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 Sean. There aren't any genes that code for diseases. What we see, there, there's less than 1% true genetic defects in the population. What we see in these alterations with our genes are adaptations. And oftentimes our bodies are making adaptations to help us to survive under unideal circumstances so diabetes our body is adapting to conditions being overloaded with this compound that we were never we never evolved having that much exposure to sugar and it's making an adaptation to keep us alive and mm-hmm. in a way to protect us yeah but we get this label you're diabetic now here's metformin you know eventually you could give you more insulin even though you're producing so much insulin that your cells are no longer even hearing that that call right it's getting it's going to spam now <laughs> Yeah. And so it's just like the way that we're treating these things. We're really, we're not looking at really what is the the root cause, as you yeah. know, of so many of these conditions and also to honor them, to honor our body's feedback. But to go back to my point, which is being that this is the case in the system that we've built, that we've allowed to be built, we now have a $4.2 trillion healthcare system, $4.2 trillion, trillion dollars. It's so we Our mind can't even understand how much money that is. And the next closest country to us is trillions less. All right. We are the sickest nation in the history of humanity, most chronically diseased, right? And ironically, with all of our innovations, you know, apparent like on paper, we're supposed to be killing it right now, but we are killing us.
1: Did you know that one in three American adults have high blood pressure? That is shocking. But only half of those people actually have it under control. Even more shocking leading to increased risks of heart disease, heart failure, and strokes. Take the stress out of monitoring your blood pressure with accurate and easy-to-get results from the Braun ExactFit 3. Braun is a 100-year-old brand trusted and built to last. It is clinically proven accurate. The easy-to-read, extra-large display gives you color-coded indicators you can take control of your health. It will display either green, yellow, orange, or red, based on the American Heart Association's hypertension guidelines. It comes with two different size cuffs for better accuracy and soft inflation for added comfort. Braun has a setting to average your last three readings because blood pressure can change throughout the day and is greatly impacted by stress, by the foods that we eat, right? By our sleep and so many of things. We know people take multiple readings at a time as they adjust their breathing. Go to Amazon and search for Braun Exact Fit Three Blood Pressure Monitor, and use code TEN WILL for ten dollars off at checkout. That's the number one and the number zero. Will Cole, ten Will Use that. Use that code on Amazon when you search for Braun Exact Fit Three Blood Pressure Monitor.
0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The pharmaceutical model is, I mean, just like these multi, 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 multi-billion dollar companies. And, you know, they're in the business of having repeat customers. Even if something is invented for a one time, one hitter, quitter, we tend to need more of it now. Like, they'll just reframe it. Actually, you know, we we made a bunch of batches, you know. <laughs> So even with that, but predominantly, why would they remove, why would we do anything to remove your hypertension that's caused by your poor diet, according to the majority of peer-reviewed data, by the way? We know this is a fact that most of the hypertension outcomes is caused by poor diet. We're not going to change that. We're going to give you some lisinopril, all right? Get your statin, you'll be fine. And so we see this phenomenon where... We appear that we're living longer because of these innovations with, with drugs. But in reality, we're dying longer. We're extending the suffering. We have mm. humans here, and particularly in the United States, there's different, you know, wonderful documentaries that come out now and seeing how people in their elderly years are thriving, full functionality. You know, the, some, some cultures, you know, like literally they're sitting on the ground. They're doing 150 squats a day, getting up and down off the ground in their 90s. And they're, after hundred years old, That's possible. Whereas for me, literally, I saw this firsthand. My uncle, he had a walker by the time he was in his 40s. All right. And I was on a fast track to be in that same guild. Mm -hmm. But because number one, I became aware that food mattered. I became aware. Thank goodness. And I took responsibility for my health, which a lot of people hear stories like this, man. And they're just like, well, it's because people don't have access. We need more access to healthcare." To, to what healthcare? That healthcare that is messing people up? Like it's not, that's not helping people to get well. We don't need access to more health care. We need access to empowerment. We need access to things that actually work, right? Yes. But here's the thing, we don't need it. It would be great, which is helping to change the macro culture to make the choices easier, absolutely. But I didn't need it. Mm-hmm. I lived in Ferguson and I was able to transform my health and to become one of the healthiest people in the world, you know, at the time that was my goal. You know, I went from like asking, "Why me? Why me? Why is this happening to me?" To what can I do to feel better? How can I be the healthiest person in the world? And it, that changed my filter. You, you basically, you see what you're filtering for, and I just start to see things differently. Things that I would drive, I drove past Wild Oats hundreds of times, maybe, maybe thousands of times, which was again, it was about 40 minutes from my house in Ferguson, but I drove past. It was off the highway right there. I drove past. Didn't know it existed until about a week after I made the decision to get well and take responsibility. I stopped asking, why me? Why won't they help me? Why won't these physicians help me? And they keep telling me, you're in, this is incurable. I'm sorry. Here's another prescription. Here's another note for your job. You don't have to work, bed rest. I could walk. I walked into the doctor's office and they're writing me a prescription for bed rest. And so <laughs> it's just extending the suffering and the standard of care. But when I asked that question, suddenly a friend of mine who I'd known for three years we were just driving in her car and she stopped at Wild Oats. And I'm just like, what is this place? <laughs> Which, they've been since bought by Whole Foods, kind of like a little bit more of a mom and pop vibe. And by the way, in St. Louis, you know, where I'm from, there was one Whole Foods in the entire, and it's, St. Louis is a big city. It is big. One Whole Foods, because this is, again, it's not, it's not a hotbed of, of wellness promotion. Um, mm-hmm. And when I moved, you know, just a couple of years ago, there were three. All right. So big. Big strides as far as like access, but there were always these small guilds of people who were about that life. And -hmm. suddenly now those people are becoming my friends. And suddenly now, not just that, when people don't have somebody to learn from and to get that exposure from, I became it for them. I decided to become it for them. And that's when everything changed. I took responsibility for my own health and I decided to be a model for other people and to provide a space to help them to create changes in their own microculture that, again, This world around us was really beating us down, you know, with, with the drugs, with the poor food, with the lack of access to movement. And we just elicited creativity, you know, so many times, like I started working with people at the university gym while I was still in school. We started to do workouts at parks, you know, safer Mm -hmm. parks, you know, where you don't have to, (laughs) you know what I mean? Don't have to worry. can Let your hair down a little bit, but like there was a way, no matter what conditions I was in. And so we need both. We need empowerment and the awareness that we are so powerful and we can, we can do just about anything we can imagine.
1: And we need improved access. Absolutely. Yeah, man, this is good stuff. I I felt like it was, I had a Holy Spirit moment right there. It was like church, wellness church right now. I'm here with you right now. And that's why it's so important for everybody that's listening to no matter what your circumstances set that microculture. And that's what this book is, is all about for yourself, for your family, for your friends. So let's talk about let's, some practical tips. I know you talk about it in the book, but let's get into some things people can start doing right now. Grocery shopping. People are overwhelmed. You mentioned it costing more sometimes and we hear a lot, you have to be wealthy to eat healthy. It's just for the elite and we're elitist to even be talking about this. You, talk, you debunk that myth in the book and let's teach us right now. What are some strategies for shopping smarter?
0: Yeah, as well-intentioned as people might be when they say things like that, they're usually, 99% of the time, they're not from where I'm from. They're giving excuses and they mean well, but there is a way. It's not just about access. It's about education. And access to things that are not helping us to get well is a waste of time. And is really getting us chasing our tails. So I want people to just reserve themselves, slow down a little bit when they're saying, you know, oh, that's, that's good for you you know, that's that's only fitting for you. It's, it's your privilege to be able to do things like that because I am from the environment. I am actually from there and I know what's possible firsthand. And of course, I'm a scientist. I'm a research scientist. I've been in this field for 21 years. So I also have picked up some skills and some insights to help people to make that transition easier than the struggles that I had trying to figure this mm-hmm. stuff out. And so part of it is, again, it's not necessarily about Resources, it's resourcefulness and changing our filter. You said something earlier, like at the beginning of our our conversation, and looking at people's challenge when trying to change their health and the impact of their social group. When I was working as a nutritionist, and I would ask people, you know, they have these goals that they want to accomplish. They're coming in, you know, maybe they want to lose 50 pounds. They want to get off their, you know, metformin and, you know, get their insulin in check, you know, their insulin sensitivity improved, improve their sleep quality, whatever it might be. And I would ask them, OK, so we've got these goals and I know we can accomplish this. They know it, too. They know they were often referred by other people who got these great results. And I would ask them, you know, here are your goals. These are your goals. What is your biggest obstacle to doing this? Maybe it's like eating this particular way, right? Whatever this particular framework was that we were going through. Like, what is your biggest obstacle to doing this? Nine times out of 10, they would be like, "It's just my kids, you know, or. Uh, It's my wife, Sean, like you don't understand. Or, or, you know, my husband is just, you know, he won't, my parents just like, no, it's just, you know, the people at the office, (laughs) people started immediately pointing fingers at (laughs) oftentimes the people that they love as being the greatest obstacles in their life to having the health that they want. And that's another kind of advocation for me to start working more with the extended group to help again with the culture. And also when I ask people like, what is the most important thing in your life? Nine times out of 10, they would say my family. And then we look at their schedule. We actually look at what they have and what they're doing, how they're living their lives. And if they were being honest, they saw a huge mismatch in how they were living their life versus what they had the most love and gratitude for. And so I wanted to meld all these things together so that we can get an alignment. And also understanding that with these patients, this is another huge insight, people want change, but they don't want to change much. (laughs) We want change. We want these results, but we don't, we want to bring ourselves now to the new party. Yes. And yeah. that's just not how reality works. <laughs> that's right. not how physics works. You know, like there's going to be a cause and effect. And so knowing this though, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way, it's not, even if we don't like where we're at, we're comfortable where we are, like our brain, it just, we kind mm-hmm. of get into this kind of automation. And so knowing this, I I went into the data and of course, experimenting. Sharing this data, teaching it to thousands of people and seeing the feedback. And what it is is like, what are the smallest changes we can make that get the greatest results? Right. So the 80-20 paradigm, right? Mm-hmm. And so as far as groceries, like just being able to save money, I had no idea that whole time I was struggling with my health and my well-being and my in my, my mental well-being. I yes, I live in Ferguson, but Five minutes away is the good part of Ferguson, and there's a farmer's market that had been going on forever. All right? It was right next to the police station, which is not the place that I wanted to be by at the time <laughs> living in that environment. But there was this wonderful farmers' market. And I was like literally at the cash register, oftentimes, like at Whole Foods and Wild I was like, I hope this goes through. you know, like I'm ready to whatever I gotta put back so that I can actually be able to afford those groceries once the the cashier is done scanning. And now suddenly, like many of the items I was buying at Whole Foods, I'm getting for 50% less. I'm being able to meet the farmers. I'm able to now bring my family and make this a family e- event, literally weekly. I take my family, you know, the kids get a little snacks there. They get to talk to some farmers, you know, and have these great food experiences. And we get this really high quality food that's even more nutrient dense because it's mm-hmm. fresher and all the things, you know, oftentimes of course they're not using all these crazy chemicals in the growing of their food. And that was accessible to me once I flipped the switch of awareness. So I start to advocate and I would help the people that were coming in to see me to find their local local farmers market. And at that point I knew where pretty much all of them were in St. Louis and there was so many, it was mm-hmm. crazy. So many, but I was oblivious to it because I wasn't tuned into that station. Yeah. Also CSAs, so community agriculture, and they can deliver basically a box or you know whatever, depending on the, your family size, of food monthly or weekly, depending on how it's all kind of signed up in your area. But you can just go to type in your city and type in CSAs and just look up what's in your area. And, but here's the thing with that, you might not necessarily be able to choose everything that you get. And so that might drive some diversity in your cooking or like creativity. Uh, so there's that. And also one of the other things that I would do that would kind of drive my my, my creativity was when I would go to a health food store or a place that has high quality foods, and I would just keep my eyes out for like, where's the yellow sale sticker at? Mm-hmm. And whatever is on sale, that's what we're getting. And I'm going to actually buy a little bit more so I could freeze it. So I could, you know, just be able to take advantage, save money in the long term mm-hmm. by utilizing these different sales. And those are just a couple of strategies for being able to save groceries. And, you know, we talk about all this stuff in the book as well. But last thing I got to share this is. Why is this organic thing so important? Why do I even keep on referencing these chemicals? Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the studies that I shared in the book, well, first of all, a lot of people have heard of some of the ramifications with glyphosate. It's become like a popular part of our kind of health lexicon. But I'm from St. Louis. Monsanto, that's home base. And they would be mm-hmm. at the job fairs at my university all the time. I, True story, I wanted to work at Monsanto. That was like a dream job, right? Yeah, right. And little did I know, of course, like glyphosate, and this is according to the WHO, one of these larger kind of health entities, they've classified glyphosate as a class to a carcinogen. This means that it probably causes cancer in humans. This is not a joke. It is what it is. It's been caught up in so much red tape. This has been known for so long, unfortunately, but this is the nature of this field. Again, that's farming sick people and how difficult it is to get things changed by these very powerful entities that have the most powerful legal teams in the world. And so I shared that not so fun fact, but I also shared an analysis done by the Environmental Working Group. And they w- looked at the most popular grain products on U.S. store shelves. And they found that 80 to 90% of conventional grain products are contaminated with glyphosate. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. We're talking about yeah. eating carcinogens and in, in amounts that are above the quote safe limit. Right. right? And so seeing this, but one of the changes that I made when I was trying to take control of my health, because one of my nighttime rituals, and this might still be for some people, one of my nighttime rituals was eating a big ass bowl of cereal in the (laughs) evening, right? And so instead of eating you know, frosted flakes or Honey Nut Cheerios, which were some of my favorites, I'm like, you know what, I'm taking control of my health. This cereal, and because I, I took nutritional science at my university, healthy whole grains, right? High fiber. So I was like, let me get an adult cereal, all right? I'm gonna take control of my health. So I started getting Quaker oatmeal squares, all right? That was the number one most contaminated food with glyphosate in their analysis was Quaker oatmeal squares, by the way. yeah. All right, crazy stuff. Not to mention, it's just such a high amount. It's old, it is indeed an ultra processed food. It doesn't look yeah. a damn thing like an oat. The oat is so <laughs> far removed. It's not even in the family people think they're
1: doing people think they're doing the right the right thing i mean that's why this is, conversations like this is so important your book is so important and as someone that looks at labs for a living i see high glyphosate in people's body every day exactly what you're saying it's in people's body and we start making these changes that you're teaching us we can start out giving our body the reprieve it needs to clear this stuff out our body wants to thrive. We just need to give it the chance to do so. In the book, you teach us so many other things that I want people to get it. So they know like me, all the excuses that I hear, the well-intentioned reasons, right? A meal prep. I don't have time. I'm busy. You make this practical and sustainable and realistic for everybody. I'm curious, probably difficult as an author, now a cookbook author, what's your favorite, like, can you do you have a favorite recipe? Is that fair to say? I won't tell them if you tell me. But what what's the favorite, like maybe two recipes you have in the book?
0: That's like picking your favorite kid, man. Like you I know, can't, I know. Yeah, do know. that.
1: But I could
0: tell you what I'm loving right now. You know, one of the cool things that I did with the book, well, first of all, the the core of the of why I wrote the book, the absolute core as far as the science is concerned, is I'm sharing all the latest data on how eating together with people that you love yeah. impacts your health outcomes and people are gonna be blown away. It is so freaking powerful. And also what I did was I looked for in the data, like what are like 40 of the most science-backed foods that helped improve our metabolic health, our cognitive performance, our heart health, our gut health, and really just lay them out for everybody and share the studies, by the way. But I also know we have an emoji culture. We have an emoji culture. We could have a whole dialogue with just emojis. And so for, <laughs> for example, with cherries, right? So in particular, dark cherries, they're very rich in these anthocyanins that have been found to actually, which is, this is going to sound crazy, shrink fat cells, all right? Now, this isn't like some magical fat loss food is still in the context that, it, it, that needs to be appropriate. If you're just gobbling down some cherries and then you know following that with, I don't know, some Taco Bell, like it's not magic, all right? But- there, these anthocyanins have been found to really be remarkable at helping to shrink fat cells. In addition to that, it's one of the most dense sources of naturally occurring melatonin. So I share the research on, research on that. So we got, okay, so this is great, beneficial for our metabolic health, potentially for fat loss. So you'll see the little muscle emoji there, and you'll I also see, see the sleep emoji and any of those associated emojis. Now, okay, you know about this cool food. It's one thing to eat some cherries. Yes, thumbs up but what if we could turn this into a magical experience, a delicious flavor experience? And so now we go to the recipes and we've got, one of my favorite shakes is the heart health shake. It's delicious, like literally delicious. And then we've got the cherry frozen yogurt pops that kids love to make. And you can just have those on hand for a sweet treat as well. And they're really easy. They're easy to make. It's just like, nobody ever taught me how to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So th- I'm I'm providing this resource to everyone. And so my favorites right now, all right, I'll share two with you really quickly. One of them is, and again, it's one of those foods noted, but sweet potatoes. And you're gonna find out the benefits in the book for even improving our cognitive function and also supporting metabolic health and fat loss. But my family loves brunch and it can also be one of the most blood glucose deranging meals there is, you know, especially breakfast in general in our culture. And so being that my family loves pancakes, it's really the base of the pancake that can provide the most trouble for folks, you know, and I grew up again, like going to McDonald's getting hot cakes and sausage. So these different varieties of of grains. And what I did was, being that I love sweet potatoes and it has so much value in the food itself, so much nutrient dense information, we made these delicious sweet potato pancakes, all right? And so that's probably one of my favorites right now in particular, and I'm saying that it's pro- by the way, it's, they're protein pancakes. So improving the protein fraction, so that they're more blood sugar stabilizing, but also again, it's a pancake, all right. So don't get me wrong, this isn't like you know, it's still a pancake and it's delicious. But we could make a batch, make a big batch, eat some, and freeze them for my youngest son to have before he goes to school. Like he could heat some up himself. It was you know, a couple of eggs, and he yeah. got high quality, obviously very nutrient dense food, some high quality fibers in there that have been found to support gut health. So I would say that one, and also. Oh, yeah. This is I hope I'm actually having this tonight. One <laughs> that I'm really craving right now is the salmon burgers. All right. Nice. They're fire, fire. And you know, going back and talking about the improvement in our cognitive function, we're I'm laying it out for you. It's this isn't hearsay on the benefits for our cognition and brain health when we're talking about these omega-3s, but there's something really special about salmon. There are other fatty fish, by the way, that are very dense in omega-3s, but the anthocyanins that I talked about in, you know, it's kind of, it's a pigment. It's a certain Mm -hmm. pigment.
1: It's what makes flamingos pink, right? Astaxanthin. Astaxanthin, that's what it is, yeah. And so these pigments make
0: the colors, like you just said. That's the cool thing. You know, we're talking about these really fancy antioxidants. They're just colors, you know, but they Mm -hmm. do these cool things for us. But Mm -hmm. these astaxanthins in salmon protect the omegas so that even Mm -hmm. when you cook it, they're still bioavailable, right? And so. It's cool to have some grilled salmon. Everybody's had some grilled salmon, but let's take this up 20 notches and have (laughs) this delicious burger. And just like, there's so much more buy-in for people having these amazing food experiences. And so those are just a couple. There's a hundred recipes. Yeah. Those are a couple that I'm into right now.
1: I'm seeing cashew butter planets, which look like amazing, like- Butter balls. I can't wait to try those. The kelp noodle with pesto looks amazing. The avocado fries look amazing. The pictures just—I mean, I, I just want every a meal uh, from your book every day. And everybody on this podcast knows I'm a huge fan of peanut butter. And you have healthy peanut butter cookies. That are they're that going to love us back in the book? That's my son's
0: recipe. My oldest son, when he was in high school, he came home and he's a great cook. Like this is another thing that I talk about in the book is like providing this environment for our kids to pick up this really valuable skill but he came home he made those cookies he just decided he went into the kitchen grabbed some ingredients and they were fire and I was just like my goodness gracious so that's we put ended up putting the book so there's a lot of input for my family as well
1: love it as you know the podcast is called the art of being well I want to pick your brain on a few things before we go this is Sean Stevenson's art of being well first question is coffee or tea if you had to pick Ooh. I would say tea. I, I drink tea more frequently. What's what's your
0: favorite type of tea? Ooh, good question. Right now, I'll tell you the one I had most recently. Last night I had Rishi, but I've really been into gynostema tea recently. Nice. I get fancy like, with the teas, man.
1: It is. That's like an adaptogenic type tea. I like it. I love it. We use it clinically too. All right, next question. What's your ideal vacation? Dream vacation. Money is not a thing. It's just where would you want to go? Ooh, that would be Maui. Wow, nice. we just
0: went for the first time. And I'm like, I don't think I want to go anywhere else for the time being. It's big. beautiful,
1: it's yeah. beautiful. And we need to go. I, I keep hearing people that live there, patients that live there. It's like, even though they went through that atrocity with the fire, a lot of their livelihoods based on tourism. So support Maui for sure. All right, next question. What's the weirdest or most maybe controversial wellness thing that you've done that you're willing to admit on a podcast? Sean Stevenson. Yeah, I don't <laughs>
0: if you name it, I've probably done it, all right? Which is, uh, that should be alarming in and of itself. You know, <laughs> you know I, I kind of pride myself on not teaching people about things that I've not tried myself or tested myself. So pretty much any diet framework, I've tested them for, you know, upwards, a lot of times, several years, you know, I would do certain things. But as far as the like weirdest thing, oh man, that's so freaking tough. Let's see. <laughs> you know what? There was a time when I was really into like eating these, cl- those chlorella tabs. Yeah. And your teeth get all green and weird looking. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I would actually put some like ionic mem- minerals on it. And, and in my brain, it's like, this tastes like popcorn. All right. Which that's what my brain said. I don't know if I would go back and taste it now, if it would taste like <laughs> popcorn. But at the time, you know, that's what I was into. So the little like algae tablets. Yes. With some minerals on top and green yeah, tea I- as a result.
1: speaking of popcorn and the actual popcorn you have popcorn recipe is in the book and it looks amazing too yes that's the et popcorn you know that was kind of like it was a derivative
0: of that food experience i just mentioned which i totally forgot about you know it's just like being able to that's another thing as well being able to like finesse in some more nutrient dense foods right so like Mm -hmm. a little bit of like spirulina and some like you know a little bit of spice added to certain foods, like even guacamole or popcorn, it actually makes it taste better, surprisingly. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. like, but we have to be able to test these things out. And for me, I was like, cultures have been utilizing spirulina for thousands of years. You know, the Aztecs, Mayans, Chad in Africa. And they're also about that life with these avocados. So I was just wondering, like, this is a big food in their population. Like, wonder if these go together. And I put them together and it was like, oh yeah, I get it, I get it. Same thing with chocolate as well. You know, mm-hmm. traditionally it wasn't anything that was sweet. You know, mm-hmm. they were using more like spicy type of beverages. You know, and so just you know, there's so much fun. It's like a playground to be able to put these things together. But also, most importantly, we've got to understand the environment that we live in. And the bridge going from McDonald's to Chlorella Tabs, that bri- <laughs> the bridge is London Bridge is falling down. All right, there's no way that people are gonna cross that bridge. So yeah. we have got to create a smoother transition and give people like, like I mentioned, pancakes, incredible burgers, right? So these are things that are part of our popular culture, but we're going to mm-hmm. upgrade those things and make sure that they taste as good or better than the things that we've become
1: accustomed to. Mm, I love it. Last question. What are two supplements for you personally that have been like the biggest supporters for you?
0: So tough. Even with that, I've Done just about everything, but for me, it goes back to simplicity and getting to a place where you can actually really listen to your body, which is a big thing that you teach as well. And I'll share what I've been utilizing most recently. Right now, I've really been into electrolytes. I've seen a notable improvement with with certain things with my with some electrolytes being added in, and especially like you know, I just was flying around for different interviews and media and stuff it makes a big difference having those electrolytes. So electrolytes. And also right now I'm really into, I'm really into turmeric right now, right? Yeah. So it's not just the curcumin, by the way, there's like a thousand other compounds, micronutrients that we haven't even under, we don't even know yet. One of them is our has been discovered recently. And it's been found to like stimulate neurogenesis in the brain. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, but mainly I like keep it on tab for like, just immune system support, helping with inflammation, cognitive performance. So that's those are the two that I'm into right now.
1: I love it. My friend, love always catching up with you. Where can people get the book? Where, where can they go? Where can they get it? Awesome.
0: Everywhere books are sold. It's available nationwide. Your favorite bookstore, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, online as well. You can pick it up. Please get yourself a copy. I promise you it's going to be a staple in your family's kitchen. You're absolutely going to love it and also you're probably going to find that this is going to be a great gift for other people because it's really about family it's about community and i believe in our lifetime that we can really tip the scales we are mm-hmm. getting close it might not look like look like it you know it's kind of like some batman type of stuff where mm-hmm. you know sometimes it looks darker just before the light shines in you know and so i believe that we can create a tipping point to normalize health again mm-hmm. and right now as we talked about at the very beginning It's abnormal if you're well. And so we're gonna normalize wellness. And Mm -hmm. to do that, we're going to have to control the controllables and transform our own microculture so that we can automate, make healthy choices, make fitness accessible and easy for ourselves and especially for our little ones.
1: Yeah it's so my my friend I love this I mean you think about this microculture 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 you have a myriad of microcultures that's grassroots that's how systems change that's how for the bottom up we can start shifting things my friend thanks so much for coming on the pod loved having you it's my honor man thank you so much for having me